0: Well, hello and welcome back to another CP Media Podcast in association with Team CP, your endurance coaching specialist. As you already know, I am your media man with the Mo and joining me, of course, is our team captain, Richard Greer. Welcome to another Wednesday
1: Night Live, my friend. How yeah, good. Yeah, getting into a bit of a rhythm, aren't we? Uh, I've done a few of these. This is number 41, I think, on the on the um, the number that we've got over there. It's cool, eh? I
0: hope I hope you've got our 50th uh, birthday celebration lined up already. It's not far away.
1: Yeah, maybe. Birthdays are all about us. Maybe we'll just interview each other. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get
0: two, <laughs> two viewers, Richard, two viewers. <laughs> Mate, tonight we've got a fabulous show ahead, but actually we are super, super lucky that one of our uh, Team CP long-time supporters, Solomon New Zealand, have come on board to sponsor tonight's show, Richard. Um, yeah, yeah. Solomon are uh, Team CP's active... Uh, active gear, active wear sponsor. So I think, I guess your running shoes, your lovely little hydration vest. Of course, our the outdoor jackets when it's pissing with rain, but you still want to get out there and about. And uh, again, one of their favorite things that I like is their tagline, which is time to
1: play. And uh, for us, Richard, every time's a good time to play, right? Totally, yeah, adventures, 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 yep. So uh, let us know your highlight or key learning from tonight's show to win a Solomon Prize Pack. So as we go through the show, just feel free to, to throw a comment down there, maybe maybe things that we've said, things that our super awesome um, uh, guests have said, let us know, and uh, that could be winging its way to your house.
0: Yeah, Anyway, no matter which way you're watching this tonight live, just uh, on either Facebook channel or, or even YouTube, throw a comment. It will come through. Feel free just to throw us a comment or a question for any of our guests as we go along. Anyway, I'm always trolling through, keeping an eye on that, and uh, may just choose the odd one to read out if, if uh, you know if it sounds interesting.
1: Um, (laughs) Uh, and and also if you're listening to this as a podcast you've got a week to do it because we've got a week to our next show so we do look back on those uh comments before the show rolls for next week so so don't feel that you're missing out if you're listening to this a bit later on
0: correct 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 uh a big congratulations to last week's winner because of course last week Richard was a waka 100 special um we talked all things waka 100 and we gave away a free entry which is now all but sold out. The Walker 100, just about all their categories, the 100 mile, the 100 kilometres, the 50, they're just about completely sold out. So to be able to give away a free entry to uh, lucky winner uh,
1: Sarah Stocker, that was pretty cool to be able to give that prize away. Yeah, that's right. And she is actually one of our CP, Team CP athletes based in Blenheim. Blenheim, uh, a bit of a stronghold for Team CP. And it's uh, yeah pretty cool to be able to uh, share the start line with Sarah later on this year.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Richard. We've got another update
1: coming. What should we update this month? Everest. Yeah. How are you tracking? How's your Everest challenge? So that's how many vertical meters can you climb in a, in the month of May? Uh, what are you up to, Angus? Well, we needed eight thousand eight hundred and forty-eight to climb Everest, didn't we? Within the within
0: Richard. the month of May, and that's what we put out to everybody uh, to try and challenge them. We're going to start, uh, Rich, with an update with yourself there. Six four. Six four uh, zero two is what I make today's one.
1: Okay, good. I actually had didn't know the answer to that. So uh thanks for that. And we had about another 350 odd in our a uh, group Zwift session. So um yeah, just that, just slowly put that inc- away. The, 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 that, the, that that includes that, Richard. How <laughs> oh, does it stop <laughs> okay? Uh, <laughs> thanks. I've got a bit of work to do over the weekend. Let's but but it's but it's not impossible. No, so I was thinking I might have the weekend off, Rich. Uh, <laughs> have you already got to the top, have you? I've got eleven thousand two hundred and seventy-eight. Oh, good is on total. you! So I was going to say ten thousand, but you're on the way back down. It's dangerous up there. Just be careful. It,
0: the air is thin up here, my friend. The air is thin.
1: <laughs> yeah, good job. Well done. Well done. Well, I think it, we should crack into the show rather than sort of talk uh, to you about how many meters you've climbed. How does that sound? We should. We totally should because tonight's superstar of a
0: guest. We've got a. We've got a trio of great guests guests tonight, but tonight's superstar. Uh,
1: she actually put. Uh, what did I say? Nearly ten Everest's on the board in one hit. Eighty thousand vertical meters on her mission. So just to introduce the show, we'll talk to talk about her in a moment. But we're going to talk to Ian Martella. He's a, a Team CP athlete. He's had a massive summer of events and lots of adventures. He's going to we're going to have a chat to Ian about his um, season highlights and what he's learned, what's on the cards for the year ahead. We're also going to finish the show with Kim Vargo. She's our strength conditioning coach, and we've really been pretty stoked to bring her on board in that role. She's uh, been doing some um, back end stuff for a a few years now. And um, Kim has owned a gym she's just sold that and she's got a bit more space in her calendar to come over to us and uh and we're able to use her expertise which is pretty cool so she's going to discuss the why the how the what to help endurance athletes incorporate strength training into their training pretty important part totally totally so Brooke Thomas, that's who we're going to talk to. She ran the Tiara Trail, which is 3,000 kilometres, 3,000 kilometres from Cape Ranga all the way to Bluff. Now, that's not on the road. There's some sections on the road, but that's down the centre of the country. That's that's the dock trails. That's the ups and downs. That's navigation. That's all that sort of stuff. Um, predominantly backcountry dock uh, trails, there are sections that are required to be kayaked, the odd road section. She... Completed her mission in 57 days, 12 hours, and seven minutes by running 50 to 80 kilometers a day and climbing around 80,000 vertical meters in the process. Just have just pause for a moment there and just consider yeah. that, Angus. It, it's unbelievable,
0: isn't it? When you when you look at the numbers that way and listen to it roll off the tongue like that, Richard, that is unbelievable. 57 like, days, that's like just, I just we were just beforehand just talking, and I think I called her a walkaholic. I think that's about the only categories we put
1: her in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh in doing so, she actually broke the woman's record by more than eight and a half days. Um, we're gonna talk to Brooke, Brooke about how she did it, um, share some of highlights, and uh there was definitely a few challenges along the way, which obviously there would have to be, and a few learnings that she picked up.
0: Yeah, totally. Welcome,
1: Brooke. Welcome to our show.
2: Thank you. Nice little intro there. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no, now, I'm pretty, pretty about there. You're, you're, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Richard. I see you sitting down there, Brooke. Yeah, you've
1: you done enough walking around the place, have you? <laughs> yep, yeah, nice work. Brooke, um just to get started on this, um for most of those watching or listening, they'll know about the Tierra Trail. they have probably heard about, about it, um, have a bit of an understanding. Um, but for someone that doesn't know much about it, could you describe what it is in your own words?
2: Uh, um, well, I think you've done a pretty good job of that already. But um, what it is literally or what it is to me is kind of a different thing, I guess. But, yeah, like you said, it's, um, it's a trail from... Um, Cape Ranga all the way down to Bluff and you're going um, back country um, there's a lot in the North Island there's a lot of estuaries and water sections that you have to kayak across or river crossings um, you kayak down the Whanganui River um, and then there's sections when you're running on the road so it's uh, super varied um, yeah you just never know what you're going to get from day to day and it's one the good nature really.
1: awesome Uh, so so let's just wind the clock back a little bit tell us a little bit more about yourself so and and as part of that where did the idea of actually running the length of new zealand on the tiara trail come from
2: you'd think by now i'd have the answer to that (laughs) because i've been asked (laughs) it enough um yeah i don't actually remember like the specific moment when i decided i wanted to do to do it but um I guess just always um, watching like film festivals and stuff. That's the sort of stuff that inspires me the most. And I always get super buzzy when I've been watching other people do epic adventures. Um, And I've been Googling it and looking, you know, thinking about it and then came across um, uh, Mina Holder's website. So she set the um, previous record. Um, And then just like, random chance in life uh she was support crewing a girl that was running the, the country on the roads and we ended up um well i stalked them <laughs> they, were, they were like they would gotten as far as wellington um and they were being filmed on breakfast tv so i just went down to have a chat and tell them i was pretty inspired and then um ended up becoming really good friends with Mina and running with her and the whole thing became normalized and then yeah just kind of pulled it together so
1: Awesome, yeah, Ooh. cool, cool, cool. Had you done any multi day ultras before this? Like, you've done a few ultra runs, hadn't you? Is that right?
2: Uh, a few, like, a few? we're talking like maybe five. Oh, um, okay. right, right. <laughs> and if my so, um, Adam keen from Aerobic yes. Edge yep. was coaching me last year, so if he'd had his way, I probably would have done a few more backpacks, but um. <laughs> As it turned out, day one and day two of the Te Roa were the first two back-to-back ultras I'd ever done, so I was pretty stoked after day two to be still there.
3: To have done
1: uh, a back-to-back ultra, that's good, yep. So we're building our our resume as we go.
4: Yeah,
2: (laughs) not what I'd recommend. Uh, Definitely do some practice back-to-backs if you've got time, but I just had a crazy lifestyle last year and I was, uh, yeah. I did some big runs, like did heaps of um, big days out and. Um, I'd often do like a big day and then like a 30k or something like that the next day. But I didn't, I didn't do anything over 50ks twice. So. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and would you put that down to just recovery or is it more time?
2: Uh, everything. So I was working full time. I was studying. Um, I was obviously trying to pull together the logistics of the whole thing. Yep. And then um, I'm kind of an amateur runner. So I, my body was still getting used to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, nice. How long, what sort of build up? How long did you, de- from sort of deciding to actually push and go on it, what sort of duration was that?
2: Oh, you mean like from when I first had the idea, like... Yeah, well, no,
1: like was it six months or a year? Last
2: year was, um, because of COVID, I was completely up in the air right through mm-hmm. until um, I think it was probably five months that I was signed on with Adam um, yep. to to seriously train for it, yeah. Yeah, okay. um, but even then, I was sort of wondering whether it would happen or not. But yeah, we got there in the end.
4: <laughs>
1: nice, nice. So, so how so you basically tra- your training was let's get out and uh, and sort of slowly build up my body and uh let's get out and do some of these ultra runs. What was your your best training run for this?
2: Um, whether it was my best training run, there there's lots or, of good like big days yep. out. Um, I did uh 1 100k with a friend mm-hmm. um right. and then probably the best learning day of all was we did the um the able tasman coastal loop uh, which is mm-hmm. i think it's like roughly 80k but got oh, caught right. out in like horrifically freezing cold weather which was not planned for sunny nelson mm-hmm. um so that was a really good day for me because it just taught me to be more i've just always i've always been the person that doesn't think it through and is at work until midnight and then gets up and like just joins the crowd the next day and doesn't always have the right kit or enough food or whatever yeah. and I was that day was like okay you can't do that oh,
4: yeah,
2: <laughs> you need there. to yeah so yeah it was a pretty good day
1: nice um so in terms of planning for this you must have broken it like what was the goal was it hey I just want to beat the record was that was that what the goal was Uh Did you have a schedule? The original
2: goal, like, when I first met Mina, I was in awe of what she had done. And I was like, there's no way I could beat the record. But I'd love to still just do the the trail. Like, I just thought it would be cool to run through the length of your own country um, and see New Zealand on foot. And then I sort of thought, oh, I guess I could give it a go. Like, what have I got to lose? Because you have to make a plan, right? Like, even if you're going to go slow, you still need a plan on how that's going to happen. Right. Um, and then I was actually talking to Kevin, which is um, George, who has the overall record, George yeah. Henderson. Um, his dad was just fundamental in helping pull this together. And he was the one that asked me, oh, how quickly do you think you'd like to do it? And then from there, he helped me pull together a schedule. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's how. And that's, fifty-six is a lucky number of mine. So that was something I plucked out of nowhere, and and I said, yeah, eight weeks, cool. Let's try for that. And so yeah, I was I was behind by a day, but
1: okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, so how long were your days, and how long was your longest day?
2: Mm, my longest K's are uh, the last day I did a hundred K. Right. But the longest day was probably day three was, like, ridiculous. I was running from, like, 6 in the morning to 11 at night. It was a little bit chaotic, really, but, yeah.
1: (laughs) Right, okay. And why was that? Why were you on your feet for so long? Because, obviously, day three, you're still early in it, and putting in days like that, that's tough to try and come back from, to get out of bed and go again tomorrow.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> understatement there's like a video to my family like I was doing little video chats to my family most days and this yeah. one because the next morning I had to get across a tide and so um I got up at four o'clock the next day after having done that long day and I okay. was under the pump yeah and, but, so that was the reason because there's certain like especially in the North Island like so that was I had to kayak across Paihe, um, yeah. And so you have to be there within the certain tides, and we were hiring a kayak off the company. And so we had to be there with um, their safety boat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of do have to stick to your schedule. Um, yes. And I That's think I just underestimated the vert up north because I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was all flat and easy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So the <laughs> last yeah. 30K for the day was meant to be quick and I should have been home on time, but it took a little longer than I was expecting. But.
1: Yeah, that, there's plenty of hills there, but they're not the Southern Alps as such. But there's plenty of hills, isn't it? Up and down the whole time. Yeah,
2: yeah
1: for sure. Yeah. How did you battle through that fatigue? And actually, because to keep getting out of bed for fifty-seven days effectively in a row, how did you? How did you get up? How did you? How did you do that? Because you must have been in word of hurt sometimes.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. North Island was tough. Um, yeah. Just because my body was just getting used to it, and I, yeah, um, how did I get through it? Um, as much as I am, so my parents were my support crew, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm very aware of how privileged I am to have parents that are willing to come and follow you through the country when you're 32 years of age and yeah. <laughs> feed you and look after you, and um, yeah. But my dad is pretty tough love as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was like, well, you got us here. You this was your decision. We're here for you. So get your ass out the door, you know? Like <laughs> there's no sympathy. It. We don't care <laughs> yeah. if you're sore. Like this is what you wanted to do. There's a job to do. Get on with it kind of thing. Yep.
4: Right. Um,
2: okay. So that was like in the early days. And then like also um there was a lot going on for my family. So my dad was quite unwell. Yeah. Um and so I was just more and more aware of like how lucky I was to be there, like, during COVID with my dad being sick. Um, like, it was just a whole lot of circumstances that I was I, I was really lucky that we were doing it. And mm-hmm. so th- that was a daily reminder of, like, okay, well, you're choosing to be here. Um, mm-hmm. And that, it just motivated me to, to know how lucky I was. Like,
1: yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And also you were fundraising as well, weren't you? That was yeah, part of the so- reason why and probably the drag you out of bed. Would that be right?
2: Definitely. And as like, yeah, so I was fundraising for heart kids. Um yep. and I'd get like messages from patients or people following the journey and um that was huge. Yeah, like on days when I was flagging, I'd like kind of check in on my and my mum was really big on checking the little messages as well and it would really get us like pumped. So yeah.
1: Yeah, why why heart kids? What was the the, the 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 reason for helping them out and fundraising for them?
2: uh i'm sure it's no (laughs) secret by now i've told enough people on podcasts and whatnot but um i have um a heart condition myself Mm -hmm. um and have a, a pacemaker and a defibrillator so obvious kind of choice and just wanting to give back to them um and they're an amazing organization that um uh look after the yeah, so there's something like 12 New Zealand kids a week that are diagnosed, newly diagnosed with a heart condition. Okay. And the Heart Kids Foundation is the only organization that kind of supports um, those kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they do a big job. Um, yeah, and I've been so, I, I sound like a broken record by now because I've, I've said this a lot, but it's true. Um, I've just been so lucky with my kind of pathway and how things unfolded for. My health journey, um, so just wanting to be able to, yeah, help other kids going through the same kind of thing, and yeah, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nice. And that drags you out of bed in the morning if you're doing something for somebody else more than yourself uh, to try yeah. and do that. <laughs> and you're, um we're, Angus is going to put the the you're still that fundraising page is still open, um, so we'll share that as well mm-hmm. um, as part of that, which is which is pretty cool. Um, Tell us about a day that maybe didn't go to plan. Like, is there any of those that was a bit of a maybe an epic fail, or actually, what are we doing here?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe like fifty-seven. Nah. Um, <laughs> one or oh, uh, So up north was there was a lot of um, frustrating days and in the, in the early weeks um mm-hmm. I ended up actually getting quite sick yeah. and but at the I didn't realize that I was um like I just thought it, I was exhausted and I was quite short of breath and I was uh really sore obviously mm-hmm. um but I didn't I just kind of kept putting it down to well yeah of course you're running like course, massive yeah. K's you're going to be tired and it was really yeah. hot and I've been running like you know 90 mile beach with no shade and whatnot um and so uh that was and i wasn't quite hitting my targets on what i was hoping to be like the case that i was hoping to run each day yeah. um and yeah there was, there was one day in particular that i ran i think it was 65 k's that i ran on a really hot sunny summers sunday just coming into yeah. auckland with those heaps of people on the beaches and stuff and there I was, like, working my ass off. And, <laughs> but I was meant to have done 70Ks for the day. Okay. And so I was scattered because um, I hadn't achieved my 70K. And yeah. then I just remember, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, you're doing bigger Ks than you've ever done before in your life, but you're disappointed with yourself. Um, yeah, and so after that, I just decided to get rid of the pressure of trying to beat a record and that was actually so what what was probably some of the harder days turned out to be like silver linings because i just decided okay flag that let's just have fun enjoy being out here and seeing your country and whatnot and then yeah i was and then it just kind of took care of itself
1: nice and then you started to enjoy your running more and enjoy the adventure more and 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 actually rather than going oh god i got to get out of bed it's like right well what are we shooting for today is that sort of how it ended up flipping it on its head.
2: Totally, yeah, 100 cool. mm-hmm. percent
1: So did you have any rest days? 57 days is a long day, long time to do 57 ultras in a row.
2: Yeah, uh, it is, <laughs> I unfortunately had two days in hospital. Um, right. so those were my rest days. It's
1: a good um, day, a good place to have a rest day, like a drip in and feed <laughs> up, listen some decent
2: food. So those are another, obviously, like, a mishap. It wasn't the plan (laughs) to be in hospital. And I was pissed off because I didn't want to stop. And that was, like, kind of a big, like, bit of a barney between my dad and I because I just wanted to carry on. And he was like, this is ridiculous. You need to get, like, you need to get some medical attention. Like, yeah, but I was like, well, I'm not going to make it if I keep stopping. and, and, But then, obviously, it was the only decision to make to go and um get seen and then i felt from the day after i came out of like i'd been in the hospital at Tekawiti, from that day on i was like totally different person
1: right. and i just why, why, built. can i ask why, why were you in hospital
2: uh so <laughs> i'm not entirely sure to be honest um right. exactly the whole full details but so i would somehow managed to put on four kgs of um in one day, which okay. was like fluid. Um, so I mucked up my electrolytes. I also mm-hmm. had, I ended up needing an iron infusion. And because of my um, heart condition, they were worried that maybe I'd, uh, like I was quite short of breath and um, yeah, struggling quite a lot. And so they were worried that there might be an element of concern there. Um, mm-hmm. So I just had to get everything checked out, have my iron infusion, get my electrolytes sorted, um yeah. get the fluid off and then um yeah <laughs> it was like, we yeah, amazing after.
4: yeah good.
1: so so that's two rest days in a row was it
2: it was actually two separate days so two okay. separate occasions yeah
1: okay yeah so uh up north and then was there another one further south was there yeah?
2: so it was further north and then um hospital okay um yep. yeah yeah and then after did
1: you, that, that's good. Yeah, we're good to go. So the next question for me is, did you get stronger during the run or did you get weaker? Like, did it break you down or did you actually finish better than what you started?
2: Yeah, I definitely felt the strongest I'd ever felt by the end. So just, okay. yeah, got stronger and stronger, more and more excited. Um, in the south, I, like, the North Island was awesome and surprisingly beautiful because I think I'd kind of um, – I hadn't given it the credit it was due um, mm-hmm. but I also have to say that the South Island is epic um, yes. and you're off the road and you're in the mountains and it was it was such an exciting feeling to be getting closer and closer to home and yes, um, yes, yes. yeah so it was yeah it definitely got stronger as it went on
1: Brilliant and did you say you run your longest run on the last day, 100k's to finish off?
2: <laughs> yeah boat? Um. Well, I ended up getting some really gnarly weather a couple of times in South Island. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I'd caught up the days that I'd been taken out up north. Mm-hmm. I caught back up, um, just done some big days. I did like 90 Ks on the kayaking, the Wanganui one day, which caught me up a day. And then, like, just kind of threw in some extra Ks here and there. And, but then when I got hit by the sad weather in the South Island, I, like got behind again, and yeah. so I was just so frustrated because I was so close um, to what yeah. I wanted to achieve, which is so arbitrary, and it didn't matter at all to anyone else <laughs> except me. But yeah, so I just decided, why would I sleep the night in in the and get up tomorrow and do the last bit when I could just do it now? So that's yeah, what I did. Just
1: get it done. Just keep on running. That's awesome. Um, in the back country, uh, the trail markings can be a bit hit and miss at times. How <laughs> did that go for you? In terms of navigation, because you've got to actually figure that out. Where am I actually going here? How was that?
2: Yeah. Oh, like, it was kind of funny when people would come and join me. So North Island, I did pretty much the whole thing by myself up until right. the Tower right. Um South Island, I had a lot more people joining. Yeah. And it was just like every, by then I'd gotten used to the trail and gotten used to expecting that it would be crap marking wise. <laughs> um, yeah. But people that would come and join me were like, couldn't believe how terrible the markings were. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. So the, the, there's an app that they have, because obviously heaps of people walk the trail.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
2: a really popular trail. And the app is fantastic. It's got trail notes and maps and it's got like a paint by numbers, Google Maps kind of dot that you can just follow yourself with, even when okay. you're out of reception. Yeah, But um, trying to follow the trail by triangles is like, uh, no hope kind of situation <laughs> so did, and there was definitely just, a few times that I was like scared because I didn't know where I was and I was like okay you just have to like backtrack find your bearings calm down it's gonna be okay, okay. <laughs> like, yeah
1: and did it get to the point of actually I'm just comfortable with being a bit lost and all right i right figure this out is that sort of what it got to
2: yeah well, although every time I don't know you I would end up getting anxious and then that, the relief is like nothing else when you find, like, a can or an orange marker or something that shows you that you're on the right track. So like, yep. yeah, it just – because I was so um, inexperienced before I started mm-hmm. and I'd have all those negative thoughts of, like, well, what were you thinking? Like, how, why did you think you could do this on your own? Like, you didn't do enough practice and, like, really, like – oh you're such an idiot and then yeah and then you'd see an orange triangle and you'd be like i'm not an idiot i've got this i'm actually
4: not an idiot
1: (laughs) good yeah yeah so so how did you deal with those words in your head is it actually it just evolved over time is actually the more success the more you've managed to get through those hard times you're like actually i can do this is that how it went for you
2: um yeah i guess it like be- i definitely built up a lot of confidence in myself like coming home yeah it was a yeah a sense of like okay like even small things like i'd never stayed in a hut on my own before uh-huh. without anyone else in the hut. um so yeah once you kind of cross those challenges off once then other stuff doesn't feel as hard anymore you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. um
4: yeah
1: yeah nice that i'm going to be okay here because i'm on my own and and i've done this before and that's going to be all right but the first time in the middle of in the middle of the night at 2 a.m when you wake up and there's a bit of a door banging you're like what's going on here that's not ideal is it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah um like i want to talk why? about food
4: why did I choose to I so? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah food tell me about food you must have eaten a lot of food uh what did you have when you're on the trail what 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 was your go
2: um so before i left um adam keen um he was big on just kind of making sure that i was going to be sensible because i like i said i I wasn't sensible before i started this mission (laughs) i just kind of um and so he just wanted to make sure that i would yeah eat well and we practiced that and Mm -hmm. um so i started off being quite strict and quite healthy and um mum was like kind of calculating how much protein i needed for each meal and whatnot okay by wanganui so um in the wanganui i don't know why i hadn't already eaten it but uh, well i think i was trying to avoid sugar so that i didn't like get spikes and go up and down and feel crappy yeah, yeah. but then um i had to run 50ks to get to i think it was 40 or 50k Yeah. To get to the river, the day that I was kayaking the Wanganui and then jump in the boat and kayak another thirty odd k, and in the boat, George who'd stashed the boat on the um, riverbank for me, he'd stashed Powerade and Snickers bars, and it was like the best thing I tasted on the whole trail. (laughs) And after that, I was hooked. (laughs) I had like literally like a bag of Snickers bars a day. So Snickers (laughs) bars and bumper bumper bars. And then my mum was making danishes and um homemade bacon and egg pies and i was just like smashing it
1: (laughs) just give it to me it's like kids party food like let's just go Um, hard
2: yeah the more the better
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, like if she gave it
2: to me i'd eat it so
1: (laughs) that's good did your parents have like a camper van or something that they were using is that how they traveled
2: yeah yeah Um, yeah, that, so they, luckily for me, they'd already planned on, um, like they just retired, dad retired last year and they were planning yep. on buying a camper to do some travel around New Zealand. So I was okay. like, oh, I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just so happens. That's a very impressive baking for your mum to be uh, uh, baking danishes and, and uh, baking pie at the back of the camper van.
2: Oh, honestly, she, my mum is next level. She's an amazing yep. cook, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Could you name what the hardest part? When did you just want to quit? When had you had enough? Was that right at the start or when did when did that happen for you?
2: Yeah, day eight. <laughs> day eight. Tell
1: me about day eight. Yeah.
2: Um, so that was the day before I went into the um hospital. Yeah. And I was I was broken that day. It was just yeah. the like the amount of um pressure i'd put on myself committing mm-hmm. to the charity um putting it out because i'd been really nervous to put it out on social media because right. i had no idea if i could pull this off yeah. but i knew that it, if i wanted to gain traction with fundraising then i had uh-huh. to put it out there That's
3: right.
0: um
2: and so i was like oh my goodness i've told the world that i'm gonna try and break a record and now it's day eight i'm not even like a third of the way in and i'm like yeah. i just want to stop and i I don't see the point anymore and it hurts but mum and dad are here and everyone's behind me and um yeah i was I was broken that day but um but i was literally broken like my body was like flagging hard and so once yeah. we kind of figured that out um yeah it was a lot easier
1: yeah, right. To go and actually get some help, sort yourself out. Just take a moment, reset almost, and then yeah. you're, and then you were good to go after that. On the offset of that, could you name one moment of the adventure that's most special to you? So, is it the top of a mountain? Is it the finish line? Perhaps the food that you ate when you're absolutely famished. Uh, have Have you got one moment that you like that was just that? That's one of the sort of key pieces that really sticks out for
2: me. Oh, one like there are so one many. Week, have you? um it's funny how the hardest stuff turns into the best stuff you know like the hardest challenges um possible oh so many it's hard to pick one but i i think probably the small moments with um like my dad, like I said, he was pretty tough on me. He didn't yeah. he thought it was a stupid undertaking and that I was never cut out to to pull it off. Yeah. And he consistently told me that right through until it was half his past in the South Island right. and I'd had like this horrific day and felt like I just about drowned in some river crossings. Like literally. Yeah. And yeah. um came out crying because there was only there was two days that i cried (laughs) and that was one of them um and dad finally took him seeing me in tears like like traumatized from these river crossings but he was like good day well done (laughs) (laughs) me Me and my mom just burst out laughing because we were like that's the best you'll get But then, oh, like two seconds later, he was like, Oh, because I'd started at three o'clock that morning to try and get across the rivers on time. Oh, right. And so I got out to the camper at two in the afternoon, which was a lot earlier than expected. Yeah. And so there I was like freaking out. And but Dad's like, Oh, well, you're home so early. Do you want to start tomorrow's day? Go into Goat's Pass, which is like 30 river crossings. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> Classic. Do you like for someone else that's looking to do this? Do you have? Like a, a couple of top tips from your learning that, that, um, for someone else to try and complete a mission like this, what, what would your two or three top things be?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's so much that I learned because I went in completely blind, really. Um, yep. but and so everyone's going to be different, and I assume that whoever tries next will be a lot more of an athlete than I am, but um, if it's tough. Um, in the words of James Harkin, find the joy. So, yeah, like, just, which is what I focused on, like, rather than thinking about the end point or the record or how hard it is or any of that, just, um, yeah, yeah, enjoy the moment, find the goodness in what you're doing, um, even if it's horrific, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and be okay with being lost and yep. just be grateful that you're there. Yeah. yeah, nice. yeah so it's, it's epic. It's so hard, but so awesome.
0: Just listening into all of that, Brooke, I am, <clears throat> one, inspired. Not inspired enough to do something as crazy as that, but <laughs> <clears throat> um, so let's just clarify that. But in awe of either feet on its own, okay, so, the, so the, the actual journey and the completion of that on its own just has me in awe. To be in hospital twice and to not call it quits and to just carry on I don't know do you do you have to give the nurses and things a bit of a hurry up make sure that they're doing everything because you're on the clock um type (laughs) something but
4: but just
0: a few questions so you said there that you had to run out to the camper did you spend every night in the camper van had you logistically planned it so that every run ended or did you do some sleeping on the trail
2: yeah you can't unless you're like amazing there's sections like for example, where (laughs) like i mean i'm sure that there'll be fkt attempts which are like you know so strict and only getting a couple hours sleep and they're like they've got a whole support crew with them on the trail carrying all their kit all that mine wasn't like that i was um i was going as quickly as i could but still enjoying it and um so I took days to get through certain ranges, like mountain ranges. And so obviously you're staying in huts through that, through those kinds of sections. Um, but so the whole North Island I was in the camper up until the uh the last five days spent in huts. And then uh South Island, you're in huts. But I think I was maybe 11 nights in huts, all up, something like that.
0: Right, oh, right. Oh. And uh, Jenny Rankin actually asked in our in our list of questions here, uh, how much gear were you carrying? Uh, um, I guess, and was someone supplying you fluid and fuel, which we know you were. But generally, if you're away for days, how much were you carrying? Were you taking enough with enough safety buffer uh, for an extra day, or?
2: Uh, yeah, so the, any TA walker that I ran past <laughs> would disagree with what I'm about to say because they would look mm. at my pack and be like. Oh. She's totally cheating, but um, I did even on the days that I knew I'd see the camper, I still took emergency kit. So like I was just wearing a Solomon backpack most of the time, a hydration vest, Good which choice. awesome—an awesome amount in it. Um, yeah. and so I t- I just had my like standard kit every day, and then uh, when I was in the ranges, I was carrying billy tent bivy. Oh, not tent sorry a bivvy sleeping bag um all the food um i relied on the water streams like the streams for water i took um i had a filter that i could just attach to my bottle but yeah yep. i didn't worry about carrying water i was lucky with that yeah. but um yeah it was it was quite a bit of kit to carry at times. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah.
0: It- I guess a st- another statistic, I suppose, for the books, how many pairs
2: of shoes
0: did you use throughout the journey and did you have any failures along the way?
2: Shoe failures? Yeah. Ah, no. Good question. Mm. Um, but I did have a – sorry, I think I went through six pairs in total, um, like completely ruined, and then I had a few pairs that were, like, on the way out by the end.
4: Um, yeah.
2: But I did have, so I was lucky enough to be, like, Ultra gave me some shoes for the mission. But they gave me three pairs at the start. And then the plan was that I'd send another three pairs to Wellington so then I'd have another set of, pair of shoes for the South Island. But it didn't happen as smoothly as that. And so <laughs> the shoes arrived in Christchurch. And then we had some friends that drove them down to me. Um, and they had to get up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning to find us. And it was, like... Yeah, it was a bit of a mission, but it was I was I was so lucky. Like people just came out of the woodworks, as strangers, friends, family to help pull the mission together. So
0: yeah. awesome. Um, and just one final before we go to our our quick five, Brooke. I've done a bit of watching this, a uh, bit of YouTubing this week on some. There's some fabulous uh, YouTube videos, uh, and some lovely little documentaries that have been put together, which I may put up as links. Uh, on our Team CP page of the trail and of people's journeys across the trail. But often people speak actually of 90-mile beach being one of the toughest sections of it um, because of just the sand and the and the underfoot stretch. There. Is that something that was, you'd say, the same thing, that that was actually, even though it's flat and things, it was pretty tough?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, like you're running, the first day I ran 70Ks on the beach um and it's hot because no shade and so you, i i got lucky though because i had a slight tail tailwind the first day i could imagine if you're in a headwind for that whole day that would be but then most people wouldn't do quite that far but yeah mm-hmm. um it's but it's harder packed sand than than like there are other beaches there were stretches like 13ks on some of the beaches that was soft sand and that was hell awesome. but luckily um 90 miles pretty well packed and so it, and I just took an approach. Again, James Harkin gave me the tip of running, like I think I ran 2K, walked 500 meters kind of thing just so that my legs weren't like completely screwed on day one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was just really excited on day one and day two. So I was, I was okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, was still a, it was still a novelty. Yeah. I remember
2: thinking, I remember saying, like I sent a voice message to a friend being like, I've totally got this in the bag. I feel so good. And then day three, I was like, oh, I am
1: Yeah. 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 Nice. Good job. Nice. Um, to finish off our podcast, we like to sort of ask five quick questions that I didn't tell you earlier. Um, so we're going to rattle through a couple of quick ones for you. Don't worry, um, it's
4: on your
2: live.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's why we like to save
0: this surprise. So I'll, I'll kick, yeah, off. Right. Is- you
4: kick
1: off. still kick off? Oh
4: will. this is of
0: the <laughs> 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 Quick, Angus. Yeah, quick, quick, quick. Now, this question I always ask, and we have a little poll running, but I actually reckon this is completely different for you, but training morning or afternoon, but probably for something like you're trying to do, it's actually all day, is it?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all day, time on feet. But also I'm a nurse, so my job kind of doesn't allow me to have the choice
1: just whenever yeah so that's a good answer just all day just whenever that's yeah. <laughs>
2: preferably not after a night shift
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah no nice work uh favorite section of the trail brock
2: uh that would have to be um the wire pass freshman ranges can... just the next absolutely be stunning be... through there uh... what was that
1: I said our next guest will be quite happy with that answer. That's good. You've done well. (laughs) (laughs) He will. He will, he will. A fancy meal out or a home-cooked one?
2: Uh, A (laughs) home-cooked. Well, it depends. Fancy meal out, home-cooked meal by my mum, even in the camper, is better than restaurant cooking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's your favourite, after this experience, since you've gone through this now, what's your favourite food to eat while running?
2: I've got, I want to edit my last answer. <laughs> what was the question? What was the last question?
1: So the, the Angus's question was fancy meal out or home cooked meal. And I've just asked you, what's your favorite food to eat while running?
2: Okay. Favorite food, bumper bars <laughs> while well running. And I would prefer a, like a campground, like campfire meal. That would be my top meal oh. location. And All Does
1: right. Mum
2: do that for you? Uh, no, they'd probably be dead. <laughs> okay,
0: <cool. laughs> beautiful. And finally, you had fifty-seven days to yourself uh, out there. So, uh, <laughs> music or podcasts?
2: Uh, I'm probably meant to th- meant to say the Team CP podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I've pretty much listened to the same five songs on repeat, like. The
0: country <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> awesome. so if we ask you to recite those words you'd be able to sing for us is that right <laughs>
2: well, we'll sing, our,
1: sing ourselves out and then
0: remove yeah, yeah <laughs> beautiful brock thank you so much for joining us that is just like i said credit to you that's just you know next level and uh, not your average normal person's uh holiday i guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. so thank you for sharing thank you for uh letting all our listeners know all about uh the tiara trail um i'd be interested to know if any of our listeners out there are now putting this on their list of things to do and whether richard's going to have to rewrite some training plans and and change (laughs) up a bit but uh quickly what's next for brooke
2: definitely to anyone that's interested get out there and do it because man we are lucky to live in this country um and what's next for me uh right at the moment while the world's not quite fully open like i'd love to do another i'd love to do another traverse of a country knowing what i know now and i probably will at some point but uh i'm contemplating an iron man can't swim so i figure it's a good good thing to try sure. <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> That's <see>. dope, dope. <laughs>
1: Wicked. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely um, inspirational and uh look forward to catching up with you soon, Brooke.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: Good stuff. Thanks,
2: Thank Brooke. you. Thank you, Brooke.
1: Phew. <laughs> it's a long way, Richard. <laughs> it is a long way. It's a long way. Um, so as we go through this podcast, make sure you write down uh, a, a note, a comment, what you learnt uh, to win that Solomon Prize pack. we had some comments so far, Angus?
0: we have a, and actually so far my top pick uh goes out to Chris Blatchford uh who I know for a fact is lining up to do uh Tua Aotearoa on his bike uh, okay, 2022. Cool. and his comment is I learned that I shouldn't underrate the vertical meters gained in the North Island so that was
1: interesting that uh that uh already thinking uh yeah, cool. you know fantastic um should we should we crack on uh and catch up with our next guest we will. We'll pop on. And uh, Marty, have you got your ears on there,
3: gentlemen? Good
0: evening. Good evening, Marty. Welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you very much. Gee, how um, inspirational was Brock? I'm
0: I just going to say you're uh, you're at you're at second drop there. or uh, well, first drop, actually, yeah. uh, yeah. aren't you there? So you've got uh, some big shoes to fill coming on there, ready now.
3: Yeah. Look, and um, Angus, just a bit of um, bit of background, I guess. Um, you know, the, I'm, I'm planning an expedition this weekend with the mobile Trail Runners into the back of the Red Hills, and that's where Brock would have come out on the TA Trail. And um, it's rugged terrain. It's, it's, it is really, really tough. So for her to, um, you know, back that up day in, day out, it's just, it's it's actually really hard to comprehend
1: it is it is i agree yeah and the solo element of it as well is impressive too isn't it like actually you had some people to run with the further on she went but a lot of it's solo it's it's pretty amazing to be able to do it that way
3: so yeah good honor what a legend yeah
1: (laughs) good stuff well we might talk about that on monday we might uh, sort of start planning a a few (laughs) few sections potentially marty
3: yeah perhaps well i'll let you know how i go on the weekend
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) fantastic so so marty you've had a big summer i'm keen to chat to you You, you're you're a keen man who gets out to do a whole bunch of events because it's just what you love um so one of the key ones that we're really working towards was that coast to coast so just yeah and you've done it a few times before how did it go this time around and 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 how did that compare to previous outings
3: yeah coast to coast boy what an event um I don't know how to describe that event. But anyway, look, um, I guess this year I it was my third longest day, it was my eighth coast to coast, um and I really put a quite a series of serious expectations around what I wanted to achieve. So for for me that race is um you know, you're obviously racing the course and you're and I'm competing against other competitors, but for me mainly I'm racing myself. So um yeah, I really wanted to achieve um five or six main goals um a lot of them are time-based um and yeah just I think um looking back I was quite disappointed that I missed a few but I was also elated that I hit a few so yeah Mm -hmm. good event yeah yeah nice
1: nice work Did, did what did you do differently this time around how did you go compared to previous times
3: Yeah, um, I think I focused a lot more on um, off-season training and and strengthening. Um, You know, it's funny, I'm a a big lad, I'm 100 kilos, I'm not going to try and hide that. And, um, yeah, so I've got these these massive big muscles and they weren't working that well because all the little ones um, weren't firing and supporting those big muscles. So, um, you know, dragging this fat ass over over Coach Pass is not not an easy thing for me to do. So, yeah, off-season, a lot, of, a lot of strength work um, and focusing on that boring stuff that we don't like doing, you know. We love being yeah, out there yeah. entering and racing and, um, yeah. you know, look, as Brooke said, New Zealand's such an amazing country. We've got some amazing stuff out there and, and um, you know, I really get into that. So, yeah, the little boring stuff, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, so, as I mentioned for a start, you did a whole bunch of different events from the Picton Portage race a couple of weekends ago to... Um, to a race up in the Coromandel a few weeks prior to that. What's looking back on it? What was your favourite event this summer? And and maybe let's not say you can't say the Coast to Coast for this one. Yeah,
3: um, um, yeah, that's quite tough. Favourite event. That um, the the nugget uh, that I just attended actually that was quite good. Um, okay, and I guess the same thing as Brook. I kind of underestimated the North Island and how. How tough it can be as well you know i'm a south island boy and i've uh, spent a lot of time in the southern alps and mm-hmm. well, i guess we have got this perspective about the north island not being as beautiful um and i think that's the one thing that that really got to me is how um different but stunningly beautiful it is in its own way so i guess for me a lot of what i do when i get out and go adventuring or racing if you want to call it that yep. is is based around um, looking at our own country and it's yep. Um, I guess it's inspired me in some small way to get out and have a lot uh, a bigger look at the North Island, and, and um, mm-hmm. if I can do that by entering these little events all over the place, well, all good <laughs> and well, you know, even better. So good, good, good. That's a big call cool, uh, that that was your your favourite event because it did bite you on the ass,
1: I think, didn't it, Marty? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I had a I had a, uh, a shit cut in my letter say so had a, a poor poor lead up to it. I don't travel well, um, and yeah. I turned up late that night, registered. Um, and I had to, I was doing the race completely unsupported. So I had to get around and, um, get some of my gear to transition points and yeah, woke up early, got lost, uh, just about missed a start. Yeah, no, um, yeah, not that many things went right, but, you know, I think as athletes, we all have those moments or races. It takes a lot of things to go right in a race. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. um, I take a certain amount of enjoyment out of that where you can get past all those things and you focus on the outcome and you realize what you've done at the end what you've achieved to overcome a little bit of adversity you know and and, yeah those little things sometimes can add up to a big disaster so that's right and sometimes
1: as brooke mentioned like it's the when after the really negative bits that's when the really positive stuff happens or or the fact that you actually throw the expectations about how well i wanted to do just out the window and yeah. just re figure out what i'm going to try and do and actually can i just actually get to the finish line now becomes the goal, isn't it
3: yes, that's so, right you know we're our own worst critics aren't we so um really? you know, kiwis are pretty hard on themselves so yeah yeah just um that achievement of Firstly, getting to the start line, as I found out, why he, you know, with five minutes to go, scurrying along, um, and then you're making it to the end. So you know, it's an achievement in itself. Perfect. Um, Most times, the weeks that I catch up with you, you talk
1: to me about the fact that Blenheim's uh, the best training ground in the world. Yeah. What is your best favorite training spot? Favorite training ground. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, Look, I need to be. I can't be one eyed, it's not Glenham, it's Marlborough. You know, we need to, okay, to, okay, good. Uh, to bring the whole province on this, so yeah. Um, yeah, uh, oh, we're, we're so lucky here. Small population, massive track of land. It's got you know the Richmond Ranges, the North Bank. We've got um the head of the Southern Alps, you know, start here in Marlborough. Um, we've got Mount Tapuai Nuku, which is the largest mountain or well, the highest mountain in New Zealand outside of the Southern Alps, so and of course. Yep. Haini River, which um, makes the WIMAC uh, look like a school school kids' playground, so uh, <laughs> we've got it all but um, I guess for me I love going up to St Arnid, which is just over the boundary actually in the Nelson Lakes District um, yeah. and having a play up there we've just got some amazing training and um, actually I think Rich, there's a good point turning training into an adventure you know, we're not we're not going out training all the time and uh you know we're going out adventuring it's what that's what of mm-hmm. us do that's what we do and that's i think the big attraction about what we do
1: totally so, totally absolutely and and for me that i totally agree with that like it took me a number of years to actually call training training like i actually like i'm not training i'm just enjoying riding my bike it's <laughs> just fun getting up into the hills yeah. um so i think remembering that is is the key part of what we do and uh um maybe that's something that you can talk about
3: more when you become mayor. <laughs> what nightmare no chance yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah good stuff yeah. uh what's your favorite training session marty what's the favorite the best thing that you enjoy to do in your, week, once uh, you go your to- week
3: yeah i think um gee do you want me to be honest or can i lie about this okay um i think so we've got the we've got this group on tuesday nights and it's the mobile paddlers Yep. And um, we all go down to the lower wire rail and it's quite a flat paddle um, and we all sort of paddle 10 to 20 kilo, um, kilometres, you know, one to two hours. And then we all um, pack our kayaks up as quickly as we can and we race off down to the uh, Grovetown Country Hotel where we all sit around and recount the training event and have a few um, beersies. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, And it's a social element isn't it as part of that training that's what makes it fun that's how the reason for going
3: yeah indeed and um you know what that's one thing i love about multi-sporters as well we can actually um openly admit that we are pasture to a bear's seed every now and then so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: yeah. it's all about moderation and kusha would talk to you about that uh so what's what and you've done some work with her what's one key learning you've worked from her
3: in regards to that nutrition element yeah, look, uh, Rich, she was just amazing. Um, so, just a bit of background there. I, um, I've trained so so hard, and um, you know, I, I guess my playing weight for rugby. Let's put this in perspective. My playing weight for rugby was one hundred and six kilos. Okay. And I worked and worked and worked, and I got down to ninety seven, and yep. I thought, "Wow, well, I'm going to be a, world, I'm going to be the world champion here. This is so light for me." Um, yep. And you know, it's, it's still. I still had more to go, but I just couldn't get past that ninety seven. And so this year up, you know, up pops amazing kushler. And it's it, it's simply what you said, all things in moderation. And um I actually really uh I hate to say this uh in on the you know um social media, but I really came to enjoy eating salads. And okay. um Yeah, yeah, and um, I worked out. I could still go to the pub and I could still have three beers and um, you know um, drink three bottles of water at the same time and uh, and I really enjoyed it. And I got down to ninety kilos, so um, right, it was the best wow, cool. yeah, yeah, um, really? I felt amazing. Yeah, so and, and uh, this whole thing is a powder weight
1: ratio sport, and if you if you don't have to drag around another six or seven kilos, it makes a massive difference, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, uh, look, Rich, I really noticed it with my club cycling, um, uh, just. The difference in I guess six weeks, eight weeks of that weight yeah. loss to yeah. my racing uh, on Saturdays was just phenomenal. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah,
1: yeah. good to hurt a few others um, to give them a bit of a hurry up every now and again.
3: Yeah, but the problem is if um, you know it comes off and it comes back on pretty bloody quickly too. So okay. yeah, yeah. There's a, yes, um, yes, that's, there's that's why you're running away
1: from the off season.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: don't want to be put in the top paddock for too long uh we'll be working together for a while now what what's one or two things that you've sort of picked up learnt because i mean this whole coaching business is is really about learning and i think the the more you learn the better you will go so what's one or two things that you've picked up maybe that you can share with others
3: uh so look i think if i go back a couple of years and why i got coaching in the first place was because um I was just going out and smashing myself i was doing some crazy stuff like it'd be nothing yeah. for me to go to a 15-hour training session and um yeah. full noise like there's no holding back i'd just be hurting for the whole day um and i just wasn't losing weight I wasn't getting faster or better and just um yeah. so i just wanted a better way to do things and um you know pops yourself and um away we go and it's this moderation thing once again it's just like eating or beers you know you just (laughs) you you just want to get it right and it's those little things it's not the big things it's the little things i think yeah does that make sense the little things
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely and that comes back to that strength conditioning that you talked about right at the start as well do that well and then you better move better too so it's all that little stuff um Mm -hmm. should we should we rattle through a quick quick five angles or
0: I just learned that I may have been in denial, Marty, and and I may be more of an athlete than I thought I was, to be fair, because it turns out that actually, if you class your Tuesday as training, uh, <laughs> then I actually do quite a few training sessions um, throughout a
3: week. Welcome, brother. Welcome to the <laughs> club. <to> the club. <laughs> got to do an exercise beforehand, though, Angus. Oh, yeah. okay right might have missed yeah. that part right i just heard the
0: beersies <laughs> like the man was speaking my lingo
3: yeah
0: <laughs> amen right now let's go come on quick fire training morning or afternoon
3: marty uh mid days and evenings mid- <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll call that an afternoon that's good it's yeah. good uh, not, yeah. not at
3: work favorite ride
1: yeah. marty what's your favorite ride of all time
3: favorite on ride Oh, um, gee, I did one um, sauce to see. They don't no longer do it, but it was magic. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, the old home-cooked meal or the Sunday no. roast at the pub? Yeah, no. Um, home-cooked meal with good mates and uh, craft beersies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Favourite event of all yeah. time?
3: Oh, uh, Coast to coast. Yeah. yep. Yeah.
0: Um, mountain bike road bike or uh, what's your favorite type of bicycle to ride probably a time trial bike is it for a coaster
3: yeah no i'm big on the unicycle actually <laughs> <You> got <laughs> a trickle or at trick, this please good, I, um, I think i enjoy um road biking and the tactics in a um in a road race so yeah mm-hmm. road bike. Right. brilliant uh,
0: uh, a really quick digressing story. We had a a uh, local cyclocross committee meeting the other night, getting ready for schools national uh, schools South Islands that we're hosting here in Christchurch coming up, and one our actual club president he turned up uh, in the dark of the night, seven thirty at night on his penny farthing, and uh, a couple of hours later, after a couple of beersies and some pizza, he climbed back aboard his penny th- farthing in the wet and rode off down the street. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's yeah, so, it's, um, it's some good work on that, isn't there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good.
0: Yeah, no, I actually climbed up onto it, got on it, and then said, Help, get me off it. Um, yeah,
3: <laughs> well, it's not something I can say I've tried actually, but now that you say that, I'm actually quite intrigued to give one a go. So, mm.
0: yeah, yeah, I just needed a bit more time and a bit more, uh, non darkening helmet and all those things, anyway. <laughs> uh, Marty, <laughs> mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been great having you on a, a board and, uh, Stoked that you've still got a few achievements to tick along there, and the captain's going to keep you square along the way.
3: Yeah, no, all good. Hey, thanks very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Right right on, Marty. Good work. Righto, Thanks, mate. Right
1: right See
3: you. Good job, Angus.
0: Good, good, uh, passionate fellow there is our Marty, isn't he?
1: Great he certainly s- is, absolutely.
0: Great supporter of all things uh, outdoors and
1: and uh, and brown bottles. that's right Uh, we've talked a little bit tonight about the new zealand the north island versus south island haven't we and uh, a few years ago when we were overseas went to finland and went up to the the arctic circle and we actually went met santa claus there it was just a little bit after christmas um that we were there um uh, just before new year's and we went to see him and he said where are you from we said new zealand and he said which island we said the south island he said ah the better island so there you go how about that
0: well Bugger me, eh? See, I know that story is an absolute load of rubbish because we all know that Santa Claus goes to Hawaii after he's finished delivering his parcels. <laughs> so. No,
1: it was quite snowy and cold. He was good. He was in good form.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, we've got another special guest on tonight. Actually, uh, the second half of the Curly Girls, actually, to be fair, we're, we're out with one and in with the other. Uh, so tonight is uh, Kim's turn on the show. Kim, welcome to our show.
4: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. You're holding up the, the Curly Girls end of the bargain quite well there.
4: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Working on it. Yes.
1: So, on that Curly Girls, that's the uh, what is that, Kim? Uh, what's uh, um, a media man alluding to?
4: Well, you know, I'm I maybe biased, but I think it's possibly one of the best teams in Coast to Coast female category. Um, so that is Kushla and myself. We are Team Curly Girlies and we did it last year and had an absolute blast. And this year we are, you know, trying to uh, see if we can do a little bit of a better performance. So we're going to go back and do it again.
0: So Brilliant. this year coming, a larger bottle of cramp stop. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah maybe of, uh, that was hard
0: yeah. I, <laughs> low low right <laughs> so, but, hey but
4: you know what sometimes the truth hurts so yeah, uh exactly. yeah totally but, absolutely but what you
0: got what you got from that was a learning right you got some learnings from that and how about we ask you to give you us some learnings
1: tonight kim
4: oh uh, my pleasure bring it on
1: <laughs> yeah so, so so kim the events we do like require strength and endurance to perform well don't mm. they? so and, and obviously, most of the time as endurance athletes, and as Marty talked about, it's adventures and getting out. That's what we actually enjoy and we focus most of our attention on. Um, but because often that's all about actually, can I make it to the finish line? So I go longer and longer and longer to see if I actually can. And and as a result of that, strength is often left out. of often due to the lack of time maybe lack of the perceived benefit or potentially the soreness as a result of doing some strength and i can't actually do anything for the rest of the week so um tell us a little bit more about that so um where does strength training fit from a, a planning programming type perspective and your from your side of the fence
4: totally um I think from my perspective, I think strength training is pretty much a non-negotiable. It needs to be in your plan. What needs to be considered is what that plan looks like, the intensity behind that plan and how often you do that. So um, for myself, if I'm writing a program for one of my athletes, you know, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to them. What does their training look like? Where are they at in the season as well? Because if they're doing an event in about four weeks, I'm not going to be throwing them in the gym under some heavy weights, and going to go for it. Um, I'm going to be looking at a different plan for the situation as to where they actually are. Um, you know, their preseason, midseason, postseason kind of plans are going to look completely different. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it definitely, it yeah, in my opinion, it's, it's a non negotiable and yeah, you can be so. But I think I remember you did a you did a race or you did a run and you were coming down Mount, was it Mount Summers and you're a little bit sore as well. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a chance that, well, actually um Connor, uh, someone I coached did, mount isabel challenge in the weekend and yes. she hasn't really done a whole lot of running was it let's just get to the gym she's been doing the gym uh three or four times a week maybe even five uh she's a nurse as well um just like brooke and uh she ran um mount isabel and uh she went to the gym and went a- and got back into it the next day she didn't have those DOMs because actually she was strong enough yes. to cope with that opposed to walking like john wayne for three or four days five days mm. a week afterwards. Mm. Yeah. Um, totally. just, just back a step, Kim, tell us a little bit more about your background. Um, how long you've been throwing weights around the gym and, and what do you know about endurance sport?
4: Yeah, sure. Um, so I've got a Bachelor of Science in Athletic Training, which is very similar to a sports physio degree um, mm-hmm. from the States, which is quite fun. I've been throwing weight around. I was actually thinking about that today and I was like, flip, since high school. So right. in the nineties, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little painful to say that, but I like to think I'm experienced, but, um, with that, something that I think the States does really well is in high schools and kind of um, not that much younger, we're hitting the weight room right then and there for sports and for development and for power. So I was lifting in the off season from probably about the time I was 16 Mm -hmm. and just kind of throwing the weights around. Then I moved to New Zealand was always involved with gyms, owning my own gyms, so always doing some strength training. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of my background. And then with endurance sports, um, prior to children, I used to do lots of cycling, did some racing, Mm -hmm. and then obviously having kids. That's a different type of endurance sport. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the thing that I've been getting passionate about getting back into the training myself is just, Mm-hmm. Implementing the strength into the endurance, that makes such a difference across the board um, for joint health, for power, for um, just just the strength in general to go longer. Your body will just take you that much further. The stronger you are,
1: and mm-hmm. just holding yourself to get it together, together bigger, isn't it? Um, yes. A couple of questions. Will mm-hmm. I get massive running and riding? A powder weight ratio sports after all. So if I do lots of strength stuff, is that going to actually build muscle and 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 have a detrimental effect? what what happens there yeah
4: yeah no um i mean we're all massive <laughs> in our own minds <laughs> but no generally the thought about um endurance sports there's lots of chat going on in the fact that endurance sports over a longer period of time can actually be a little bit catabolic so breaking down those muscles at different yeah. times where strength training is a little bit more anabolic so building the muscle and so it can kind of balance itself out and and to be fair if you want to put on bulk, you're going to have to eat a ton. And that would be, you know, talk to Kushla about that. was a good one. But um, it's also related to hormones and genders. And there's just a lot going on behind that kind of idea. Um, and so yeah. you generally are not going to bulk up women. We don't have enough testosterone to get really, really massive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I would say on the whole, you'll get stronger. You may get a little bit more um volume per se like in your legs if you're doing some heavy lifting with that but generally you're not going to be noticing a negative performance because mm. you've got the strength behind you.
1: Totally, totally. What are your two to three go-to exercises for a runner? Have you got sort of some key things that you're like, yep, we need to make sure we do that.
4: Yes. And I was thinking about that as well today. I'm a big fan. I almost have four if I could almost cheat <laughs> but um
1: <laughs> okay we'll do four.
4: Okay, we'll do four. Um, you can't beat a good squat. You know, getting okay. lots of recruitment um, and air squat is excellent. And just breaking down the fundamentals of what that looks like. Uh, lunging, a nice solid yep. lunge as well, is just brilliant. Uh, I've got a new kind of favorite row at the moment. I like to do what's called a pendulum row. So that's okay. kind of really getting a lot of the back to fire. A lot of runners have, um, will tend to have some poor posture and some kind of rolling shoulders. So doing a bit of a back row will just help kind of bring in that upright position, get those lungs. Yeah, 100%. And then of course, you know, me and my passion for hollow rocks for core strengthening. So you can get a great little workout with three to four of those exercises, 100%.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Nice. So and just in terms of how you're working recently, like, like we're we're pretty fortunate actually. So you've uh owned a gym uh, down mm. the road and you just uh actually um finished up with that as of I think this weekend, isn't it? So yes. as a result of that, we've kind of grabbed that opportunity and said, okay, right, Kim, we're gonna mm. see if we can um actually grab you and use you from as a strength coach with yeah. MCP. So so how do you work? How do you see people? How do you do that? Um Because obviously we're working with people both locally but also all over New Zealand and then also the world as well.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I've got a couple of different options. Well, I had been meeting people at gym. That works quite well. But the newest (laughs) and most kind of almost – bit of fun is doing zoom sessions and that's actually working really 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 well they just book in for an appointment we set up a zoom session go through um just some technique movements and kind of set some goals of what they're looking to achieve and it Mm -hmm. is amazing what you can actually do in zoom you don't need a big space and for Mm -hmm. the moves that i'm looking to do some assessment with it's very very simple
1: so you're just watching them squat, you're watching them lunge. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, and you're just kind of also looking for me. I'm looking for imbalances or I'm looking for some tweaking. Let's think about positioning of the body. Um and it's it just because you're in the North Island or wherever you are doesn't keep you away from that kind of uh session. It's very easy to do over Zoom and um yeah, then it's fun i just write you up your program and send you on your way
1: (laughs) yeah that's right and that's something that's been working really well is (laughs) Mm. uh for us to communicate in terms of where they're at within your season as as we've talked about at the top of the show to go right this is where we're at this is what we're trying to do let's build this part and let's Mm. do this for weights because of that
4: yeah, totally. And I think that's the biggest point is that there's never a wrong time to start a, tra- a strength training program. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of what that program actually looks like for you as an athlete in the goals that you're trying to achieve and where you are in your season.
1: Nice work. So if you want to get in touch with Kim, just jump onto our website, send an inquiry message and and uh, we'll get the ball rolling and and uh, we'll go and get strong and perform super well.
4: <laughs> okay, yeah. Awesome. It'll be fun.
0: Super great to complete the circle there, Richard, too, with your normal training and coaching, Kushler's nutrition, and, of course, Kim's strengths. We've got the full triangle going on there, uh, ticking all the major boxes. Kim, while i got you, I've got a couple of questions uh, just to ask you here that have have come through the line. Uh, One's from Grant Boyd, and he asks, when short of time and not at home or haven't got access to a gym what are the two two or three like go-to all-round beneficial exercises that we can take anywhere and just do at any time
4: oh for sure um I throw in some lunges I do a press-up and I would get those hollow rocks going to the core firing something lower something upper in the core so press-ups I mean those Are never going to be easy you can change a whole bunch of things with the press-ups lunges that's going to help you um especially with some single leg work which is brilliant and then yeah the core some hollow rocks those three you'll be away laughing
0: beautifully and finally uh this one came in through the special (laughs) mail uh avenue uh heard that you were on the show but James from uh, McDonald's Miraval writes, <laughs> uh, I'm new to the strength thing. I was wondering about uh, doing squats, and should I start with a six-pack of nuggets or a 50-pack of nuggets with my squats?
4: I would go 50. Heavier, First yeah. Game. It's it's going to give you a little bit more resistance, especially on the uh, way uh, down while you're holding. Yeah, it's almost like a goblet squat for 50 chicken nuggets.
3: There you, you go. Out Everybody out there, be like James, the
0: <laughs> like James, choose the 50.
4: You like James, choose the
0: 50.
4: Yeah.
1: Perfect. Perfect. That's, That's a little cool. joke, Africa. clearly, for the rest of us. I think,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little inside joke there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Not that I eat McDonald's chicken nuggets all, all the time. That's really All, all about real. yeah. Christian's not yeah. Chris yeah. Right
0: here, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Very so, good. Perfect.
1: Thanks, Kim.
4: You're welcome, guys. See you later.
1: Yep, cheers. Thanks, Kevin. Having- Bye. Just like Perfect that. I guess. We've That's gone it? huge. How about you, that? What a great show!
0: Fabulous show, absolutely cracker of a show, really, to be fair. Um, again, I'm just still absolutely in awe of Brooks when you when you're. Yeah, it's one one thing to read about it in the headlines and see that she'd, you know, broken the record and all those sort of things. But when you really break it down and you actually start analysing
1: what it actually is to put something like that together, it's just incredible. Yeah, back on back on back. Uh, It's a big job, isn't it, a couple of months and obviously at her level as well. But but there's nothing stopping us uh to plan for that and actually can we do the whole part of the trail over time like do this section, do that um Yira gorge section do do uh certain bits of it tick it off for ourselves. Hey that that could be pretty cool. that's so uh, something that springs to my mind anyway.
0: Mm. and actually something that probably summarizes and uh, uh, you know and the mindset that you need to have um when doing something like that I came across during the week actually
1: uh it's neither hard nor easy. It just is it it is what it is. yeah, and that's what uh, Brooke talked about wasn't it that joy just find the joy no matter how bad it is, there's always something that you can focus on to to bring yourself out of that space of negativity. so yeah, it just is and let's let's uh, flip it around and and crack on exactly. Righto. Well, that's about us for tonight.
0: Um, don't forget uh, if you've watched the show, throw us a question. Uh, tell us what you've learned from the show. You'll be in the draw to win a Solomon prize pack. You've got till uh, next Wednesday to drop us a question or a, or a comment about that. Um, Richard, we're in the final week. You've got a few meters to go. So uh, for that, for our May Everesting challenge, can we can we rely on that you're going to get to the top, mate?
1: Well, I kind of have to, don't I? I've actually like six thousand metres is not a bad effort for me, so I actually um, need to commit and uh, do some ups and downs, get it done.
0: I, I'm. I vote. Uh, let's just get it done in one hit, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a good job. So we've got kids sport on Saturday. I think I'm solo parenting on Saturday as well, so it might be a Sunday job. We'll have to have to see what happens, but uh, we'll report back next week and let you know how we got on. Well, it is supposed to be raining on Sunday, so maybe that's a good thing, but. Something else
0: that's even better on a rainy Sunday is round two of the Southern Cross Cyclocross Series. We are out at Rotor K this weekend, uh, Sunday. It is supposed to be pissing with rain, so uh, ring all your Belgium friends because uh, the Belgians, they are right into their wet, rainy, muddy Cyclocross. So... Bit of rain, bit of hail, bit of snow is not going to stop us. Uh, It's going to be some muddy fun. Please come along. If you've never done it before, your first round is free. Look it up uh, on Facebook, Southern Cross Cyclocross. Get involved.
1: Something different for you to do this winter. Good job. Well done, Angus. Love your work and look forward to seeing you next week. Beauty. Big thanks to Solomon.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for supporting the show. Richard, to you, to Team CP, to all our sponsors. Thank you very much. And we will see you next week.
1: Brilliant. Thank you.